Hello there, and welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU-352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the time, so we decided to record it. How are you doing today, Peyton? I'm doing okay. I had a bit of a stressful couple of days, um... I'm in the middle of doing a course, and it's um can be taxing on occasion. And I just filled out an application to a possible position at Disney World, but I don't know anything about it just yet. So, I mean, I literally just filled it out <laughs> not half an hour ago, and it took an hour to do. My computer was being finicky the whole entire way. Mm. But... um. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it with me. I'm going to Disney again tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> Second weekend in a row. <laughs> so um, it'll be fun. Last uh, weekend's trip was a success with uh, being able to walk outside without a mask on for most of the time. Mm. So, well, how about you? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's been a, it's been a, a heavy week in my household, uh, with, with baby issues and the like. Uh, I, uh, I did officially, uh, get started on, uh, different psychoactive medication in the hopes that I will be feeling better soon, which is great. And the best part is my insurance still covers it. Thank God. <laughs> uh, awesome. I do think that, uh, the next thing we're going to talk about really brightened my spirits, uh, and it's the fact that we got our first email. We did, and this is from a Tanner Smith. <laughs> um, interesting note of fact, we know him, don't we? Absolutely. So, well, Tanner um, had three questions for us, so Max, what is the first question? Do you think there is a special meaning to the name Omega? Omega. Uh, all the Bad Batch members have <laughs> names that literally describe them. What potential foreshadowing can we take from the name Omega? That's a good question. I never thought about that before. I, uh, My whole world got turned upside down uh, with the idea that she is a like a prototype of um what is it called uh strandcast uh, strandcast that's it so maybe she's the if omega is the last maybe she's the last clone of django hmm i mean we like the new Disney canon, from what I understand, I I haven't read all of the comic books, or I'm only yeah. like a quarter of the way through one of the books. Like they Disney has been doing a good job of churning out content. Uh, so from what I what I get the gist of is that strand casting is becoming a thing, but it's still really low key. Not a lot of people know about it. Not a lot of people know how to do it, and. The end goal of strand casting was to make a clone of Palpatine. 
Palpatine was the one that was funding all of the strand casting and mm-hmm. they, they failed they failed and may they failed a few times. They were successful in making Snoke, if I am correct. Um all of my sources are like YouTube essays, so like right. I, I would take that for what it's worth. But I she could be they could be a foreshadowing of the last of Django's line. True, but why did the name Omega? Isn't Omega like what is the significance of the of the term Omega? Because uh, we know that Alpha is like the head honcho. Alpha right? is the first letter in the Greek the alphabet. alphabet? Yes, I don't know sir. if it's Greek or Latin. And Omega I is think it's Greek. And Omega is the last. Okay. Uh is the last letter in the alphabet. And uh, it's been used in literature in meaning different things. Omega sometimes meaning uh, the worst and the lowest of the low, like the last in line. And also Mm -hmm. it is used uh, to describe like the final option, like a lot of anime uh, with giant stupid missile carrying robots with laser swords will uh will like be called the omega five or something like uh oh this is the thing we pull out when we have no other option right so it's it's either it's either the worst of the worst uh the last or uh, it's either the last choice or the last option well the Uh, second question that they have here uh that uh tanner has put down here is let's see AWOL clone soldiers, and he wants to know whether or not these have been portrayed in other projects. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to say yes. Yes. Uh, are you counting um, the one time that we had in Legends where they were technically zombies? I don't know because I probably never even came across that book. I was referring to <laughs> the first handful of episodes of Clone Wars season seven. Um, they stand out because that was when we were introduced to the Bad Batch. In fact, the first episode of season seven is called the Bad Batch. Right. And the second episode is called a distant echo. So we already got glimpses of AWOL soldiers um clones and cut who we were um reintroduced in episode two um we know that he's been a wall for several years now so i think that's interesting uh i don't know if that was ever a thing in legends i've certainly haven't come across it uh, and my research of answering these questions, I, I want to say, uh, like the only thing that I could think of where clone troopers were fighting, cl- uh, like stormtroopers were fighting stormtroopers, was the one time that somebody wrote a, like a either a trilogy or like a four or five book series about uh, like it. It was named something stupid. It was like Operation Black Plague or something. And yeah, I never heard of it. Uh, it was Sith technology that they had unearthed except actually it turned all the stormtroopers nearby into zombies and they were going to eat each other and now it's a zombie game and has nothing to do with star wars and you're like oh sounds weird okay sounds totally weird sounds like something 
um, Kathleen Kennedy might do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I haven't read it, and I've literally never seen it in a store. So, like, if it's actually written well, I, I might take it back. I might take True. me thinking that it's boring uh, back. Right. But honestly, if they were like, oh, a zombie movie, but this time it's Star Wars, really doesn't, like, do it for me. Yeah, clone troopers saying Roger, Roger, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so, last question. If you were going to be a hyper-specialized clone, what sort of enhan- enhancements would you want? Hmm. That's an interesting... Well, probably for me, uh, seeing as I'm already visually impaired, uh, enhanced eyesight. And maybe enhanced, um, probably just, uh, probably just enhanced uh, sen- uh, senses in general. I mean, so many people think that all of us have supersonic hearing and supersonic touch anyway. So my- why not make that a reality? That's a good question. I feel like the the concept of hyper-specialized clones is very interesting to me. Uh because I I I was raised on a video game on PS2 video game called Star Wars Battlefront 2 and I think it came out in like 2004 or 2006 um, and there were specialized troopers so like the the guy with the rocket launcher looked different than the guy with the sniper rifle which looked different than the tech guy and right. uh, I always plain jamed it. I was always the dude with the machine gun that was like the regular guy because mm-hmm. I was I'm really bad at games. And I don't know. I feel like I if I if I were to get enhancements, I would rather lean more tech. I would rather just be able to just know things and recall things than anything mm-hmm. else. I feel hmm. like I've. I've had if I just remembered all of the knowledge that I've ever come across, I uh, in Dungeons and Dragons it's a it's a feat called keen mind and it, you just right, don't forget right. things, right? Like you, okay. you you would always know which direction is north, south, east, or west. Right. You, mm-hmm. you know exactly what time it is at all times. It's it's genuinely o- overpowered in <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons, and I feel like mm-hmm. it would be overpowered in Star Wars. That's an interesting uh, take on it. Uh, do you think we'll get more of these uh, specialized clones? Or do you think this is just it? I I think this might be it. But I don't think that's... Uh, we might come across like one or two other ones. Like uh, we stump, like if we were to stumble across like a different one, like cut another AWOL clone, like cut or what have you. Um, it might be. I mean, it might be different. But I, I don't... guess you could you could uh, say Rex, Captain Rex, is a bit a wall because we don't really know where he is. I mean, he's with uh, Ahsoka, right? No, I think they separated. Uh, Ahsoka was with some clones when she when she landed at the end of. Right. But so I... he may, so Rex may be with her at the moment, but as far as I know, they were separated. In rebels, right? They popped up in different places. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Rex if we get to meet him 
later on in the series. So, well, thank you, Tanner Smith, for posing these questions to us. Funny Quickly, um, news of the week. Starting off with something I should have mentioned last week. A remote control DO from the rise of Sky Trash, excuse me, Skywalker, um, that has rolled into the Droid Depot at Galaxy's Edge. It's about 110 bucks, which is not bad for that type of uh, droid remote control. Um, a rumor is flying around that Ray or Daisy Ridley, more precisely, might appear as Ray in uh, other Star Wars films. Cool. I don't really know if I, I don't really know how I feel about this. I feel like I'm gonna take this with a pinch of salt. Uh, several permits have been filed for signs and parking lot for the Halcyon, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Of course. Um. Also, we have a bit of an itinerary. Um provided to us for the cruiser itself. Apparently, we're going to get to see some iconic places like Tatooine and maybe some asteroid fields. Um, So you'll see that through your cabin window. And there are, of course, detours into that, a.k.a. a visit from Kylo Ren in the First Order. Cool. So that's um that's an interesting bit of news. Last but certainly not least, May has certainly been a hot month for lightsabers. I mean, we've gotten a double set of Skywalker sabers not two weeks ago. We got the new Ray saber last week, I believe, or maybe it was a week and a half ago. But on Monday, we got a whole new saber that just dropped right into Doc Hondars. Uh, officially, it'll come out in July, but they decided to release a couple that were in stock. It is the one and only Dark Saber. Yes, yes, yes. From, I, I remember. From, from The Mandalorian. Now, I don't know how you feel about this, but I re- watched the review and listened to a couple um, people talk about it. It's entirely made of plastic. The hill. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the and consistency. Uh, there, the uh, even like, oops, sorry. Uh, even the people that are doing like, like eight hundred dollar, nine hundred dollar, uh, full metal, uh, versions of the dark saber consistently either make it too chunk, just a. It's a base. You're holding a baseball bat at the wrong end. It feels mm-hmm. like, or they make it out of plastic and they try to make it thinner. It yeah. It's a katana blade, honestly, and like it's hard to get all of the innards required to make it mm-hmm. that way and not make it thirty pounds of metal. <laughs> right. So. I mean, I feel like a lot of these. I feel like a lot of these sabers. They always end up being too heavy or too light. I mean, the Ben Solo uh, saber, the hilt alone for that, which I do have with me, it was a hefty piece of metal. And I know the hilt is designed off of the Kylo Ren hilt, because I think technically they're the same same hilts. Yes. 
Um, but I don't know, two hundred dollars for that piece of plastic. Mm-mm. Not sure. Now, no. can you confirm? Can you confirm this for me? Was a blade with it? Um, not in any of the pictures that I saw. Um, mm-hmm. but honestly, if we're gonna go, if you want like a really good dark saber replica, um, I there are a couple of people that have good hilts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the blade, um, you definitely want to get from. I'm gonna pull it up here. Um. Well, what I actually meant was because they said that the blade had a stripe going through it. I was asking whether or not that was included in the um in the price. Right, I don't think it was, but since it's a unique blade, I thought it would be because it is a single blade. Right. So why would it be two hundred dollars if they're not going to include the blade with it? Um. I'm hoping that Hasbro will come out with a dark saber because out of all of um, the sabers replica wise that I own, I've always preferred like the Hasbro slash master replica slash black series hilts. Yeah, uh, Kylo Ren's is a bit hefty and chunky, but I mean, I've always found that they are really accurate. To a degree, and uh, there are there are a lot of places like uh, not the patch store. What is it called? The custom saber shop that uh, sell DIY uh, upgrade kits for the Black Series, uh, uh-huh. specifically like Luke's green lightsaber, the gra- the uh, the Graflex, the Darth Vader, um, and uh, because they've they're so movie they're so close to the movie replica that it really uh that people still consistently buy the black series and then rip out the guts and put a whole bunch of new cool stuff in it right i want to rip out the guts to buy uh my diamond saber i've just about had it with it with the uh technology constantly breaking down i feel mhm yeah but Hey, enough about sabers. Um, let's talk about this episode. The Bad Batch episode four, cornered. With a runtime of 25 minutes. So, first impressions. I thought that the fight sequences were interesting choreographed, interestingly mm-hmm. choreographed, but I feel like they did the whole cameras too close to see anything. Mm-hmm. I, a lot um i i know that they're like they they have to hold their punches and can't go all out until the end of the show otherwise like it's like a a piece of music like just being super loud at the beginning and then like it you can't expect right. it to get any louder than that as it progresses so mm-hmm. but i i liked Fennec's introduction yeah yeah we're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about Finnick. Um, we'll we'll get to her. Uh, personally, I feel like this. A lot of these uh, sequences, these chase sequences, they had a attack of the clones kind of vibe to them. Yeah, especially I get, with yeah. with the speeders and stuff. I mean, you know, like Obi Wan and Anakin chasing down uh, what's her face, 
Zam whistle. Yeah. Um, so that brought back a lot of nostalgia. Um, but even though this episode was short, it kept going with the plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's another mission. Oh, got to get here to get there. But I enjoyed it. So let's tackle this episode. You want to start us off? Uh, sure. Uh, I literally just watched this. Um, so I watched the episode this morning early, as I always do. And I usually take the day to kind of think about it. And my plan was to sit down and watch it again right when I got home. And I got caught up in something. So I was literally halfway through watching it when you called. So. Right. So the but, be- the beginning starts off with them initially charting a course. Hunter charts a course for a planet called Idaflor. Which I've never heard of. And Tech says, good luck trying to get there with no fuel and no food. Uh, we're going to stop at Pandora. And <laughs> everyone's like, oh. Sounds like Pandora. Yes. And I had never heard of either of these planets. Uh, and the never point thought. of note, I don't know if uh, the audio description said it, but there were a significant amount of the populace was Chiss. Um, what? They they all had blue. Uh, not all of them had red eyes, but they were all like a lot of these people were uh, definitely the dark blue that is indicative of Chiss. Huh. Like Thrawn. That's interesting because the Chiss are not from the known galaxy. They're from the unknown regions. Oh. And they are they are part of what they call the Chiss ascendancy or ascendancy, whatever it is. Um. And that's a group of, I believe it's a group of planets. I've never really followed, quite followed their hierarchy. And if anyone wants to clarify, uh, clarify uh, the hierarchy of the, of the uh, shits, please feel free to email us. Um, so as I recall in Legends, the chiss popped up a couple times. Once in, I believe, Outbound Flight, which was a mission authorized by the Supreme Chancellor Palpatine to explore the Unknown Regions. And it had a a Jedi Master on the flight who, I believe he perished. A clone of him popped up later on, which was, uh, he was defeated by Luke. And Mara Jade, who I wish they will bring into the canon now. Um, but the Chiss popped up again later on, especially, you know, during the Thrawn crisis. And Thrawn was the only Chiss that we've seen prominently for a while. We got a couple more glimpses of them right before the Second Galactic Civil War in Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. Uh, I know they're very territorial, and they have a lot of interesting weaponry. Uh, and I believe we saw him. I mean, we know that he's mentioned in the Mandalorian, but I think we we caught glimpses of him in Rebels. Yes, we did several times. Uh, on Lowfall, especially. Okay, that's interesting. They might Disney might be trying to write them. Like, 
into the into the known universe just on a planet we haven't spoken of. True, true. Um, whether or not I hope they don't make them all part of the empire because they were not all part of the empire. No, just Thrawn. And these people, not uh, I didn't see any red eyes specifically. Um, there was a lot of face paint um, or facial tattoos. Yes, um, but uh, the it was definitely chis blue people on this planet. Uh, right, that I've never heard of. So uh, as they land, we get uh, uh. They talk about how they have to scramble their. Uh, essentially, they have to like rearrange their license plate. And, right, because they it's now on everybody's radar. Right, and then uh, Omega is upset that they're not like going to see the world, <laughs> and Hunter's like, "No, we have people chasing us. We're going to chill out. <laughs> We're gonna lie low. Everything's gonna be fine, and right. not." Not 30 seconds after they touch down, Wrecker says, uh, you guys are going to go on a sightseeing trip. And her eyes light up like, Anna, we're going to go on a venture. And Hunter's like, hold no. It, no. Hold it. Back up. Before we do that, uh, let's talk about this manager, uh, the Solston manager that they were talking to. What is he? A Solston. A Solston. Okay. I, um, and they're native to Solist, which, if you watch Return of the Jedi, you can actually see the planet Solist briefly. Um, it's actually right below the big Alliance frigate that uh, Admiral Akbar and Mon Mothma all of them have the little meeting on. That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, they don't actually mention the name Solist at all. Um, no, he did look familiar. His species I looked mean, they, familiar, but I couldn't place enough, they, they mentioned the name Solist in the radio dramatization of Return of the Jedi. Ah. So, so the Solist and manager, they ran into him, and they're trying to get him to skip a step in there. Yeah. Not run their process, license right? plate. <laughs> You want, this dude, This dude. I guess he's hot for credits. He wants credits. And he says, I'll, uh, I'll do it for a fee. And they hand him some credits, and his hand doesn't move. And they hand him, give him more credits, and then he closes his palm. And he's like, alright, now we're talking. And he goes behind a corner and calls Fennec and is like, hey, I found the ship you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> but it's gonna and cost me, you. Yeah. Let me tell you, when, when Fennec popped up, I I got really excited because I didn't think we're, we were going to see her this early. A, a lot of these characters that I thought we were going to get later on in the series, they keep popping up early. So I was very interested to see Finnick, and she um she's very cold. Let me tell you that, very cold. And she's I got a hologram. She's got a hologram of of uh, Omega sitting up on her screen. I don't think she's cold. I think really? she. I think she's got a job to do. But I feel like she. She wasn't toying with Omega. She no, was, no, she wasn't. But... She was very calm and very very open, and she could just have easily 
like just put her at gunpoint, call it a day, <laughs> like mm-hmm. through throw clamps on, uh, like fully arrest her or whatever, catch her with a mm-hmm. net even. Um, mm-hmm. but instead she's trying to befriend her and right. make this as effort as right. like painless as possible. Painless as possible. Well, maybe my impressions of her come from the Mandalorian, possibly, because we don't get to see much of her. I mean, we see her briefly in the first season, and she doesn't play around in the first season. And then we see her again with freaking Boba Fett, and she's got some... Robot guts. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe I just need to wait a bit longer and process her a bit more. She's just a relatively unknown. I think that... um... I think that we were we were supposed to go into it feeling like she was a ruthless, cold-hearted killer, and the fact that she doesn't, where that and like the way that she interacts with the guy at the end, at the end of the mm-hmm. episode, really sets the tone for her mm-hmm. being a more complex character, and I'm True. here for that. All right, and interestingly enough, um, my audio description does not actually say her name. It always refers to her as the woman. And that is most likely because she is not referred to by name. That's right. At all. By episode. So, interesting fact. The audio description feature most often will not introduce somebody by name until they're named by another character. I did not know that. So... Brief example, when uh, you first watch episode four, even though um, the same narrator has done the previous three episodes, it refers to R2 and Trippio as the golden android in the capsule-shaped robot until they're actually named. Huh. So, all right, well, let's, um, let's head back over to Pantora. I'm gonna start saying Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Omega, Hunter, and Echo go sightseeing. Excuse me, supply run. It's a supply run. Yeah. We get go in fast, come out fast. It's fine. Um, they, uh, they do come up with the problem that they don't have a whole lot of money, and so, uh, Hunter is trying to trade. Um, whatever, uh, whatever they have, uh, lying around for the, for money so they can actually get food. And the, the consistent problem is that no one wants to, like, it's the beginning of the empire. And so, like, the guy flat out tells him, like, I, Hunter's like, no, this is at least, uh, this amount of money. And he's like, uh, and the shopkeeper says, I'm running a, rep- I'm running a business here. I I'm don't want to. Yeah, we're the war is over. You want to buy explosives? Yeah. Yeah, no one wants to. No one wants to buy explosives right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I mean, case in point, Hunter, you did see the uh, the stormtrooper parade marching by and the people clapping. So. I hmm. That I almost expected to hear the Imperium March, but it's uh, it was 
the camera shot was very reminiscent of a lot of World War Two uh marching scenes. Like uh, Nazi, they, not, like Nazi marching, or definitely, uh, and some Italian marches as uh, fascist uh, Italy marching as well. Um, mm-hmm. They are they are not. Uh, <laughs> Filoni is not going easy. He's like, no, this is what they were supposed to represent. This is what it is. Yeah, and, and this I is love it. I this love is what Filoni's. fascism looks like. I'm yeah. super proud. I, I I love the fact that Filoni uh, and Favreau are you know just saying hey this is how it is you know no playing around no goofy no goofy stuff i mean you know i know george is a genius but some of the stuff in the previous films uh george are i'm talking to you um <laughs> me said too goofy and the, so. the problematic uh explicitly asian american bad guys that sound like oh it's <laughs> oh n- new uh, new Ge- memory. i don't know Eesh, georgie what are you doing <laughs> yeah come on man no <laughs> one course- no one in that room no one in that room was like yeah. hey that looks a little racist like no, nobody no yeah no, and, nobody <laughs> and let's not forget the last words of newt gunray in episode three, when Anakin comes popping through the door, no, no, you know that—that's definitely, yeah. I don't know what Mister Lucas was thinking there, but mm. you know, I have to have a Duke Gunray mask, like an alien mask. Really? It's not like the headdress and everything. It's really creepy. That's actually cool. Yeah, I got a bunch of masks, boss masks. I feel like we're getting uh, sidetracked here. Um, yes, we are. All so. Right. So they're trying to get food, and there's nothing that, uh, there's nothing that the, uh, nothing that Hunter has for trade, that, uh, the guy's willing to buy, yeah. except yeah. he thinks that Echo looks very interesting. Echo <laughs> is in a whole new suit that we've never seen before. No, and I didn't even realize. So does he have? Is that arm actually real? The cybernetic arm? Yes. His okay. arm, he doesn't have an arm about an about two inches past his elbow. It just you know stops. I don't, yeah, wow. I don't think my audio description ever even mentioned the arm until this episode. And uh, he's also pale white. Hmm. Um, like, just completely pale. And, uh, and... He on that arm, uh, he has a he has the thing that R two D two has, mm-hmm. uh, like his all purpose key, and uh, this suit makes him look like a droid. It looks so cool. Um, I would love like that's a really cool cosplay. It mm. uh, it's got a lot of the right tubes in the right places and a a lot of the right lighting in certain areas but it all looks like he's a droid he looks like a mix like a prototype of grievous sort of no like uh uh like what alan tudyk is in rogue one oh imperial droid yes interrogator droid yes 
Except well, n uh, with more human like uh, qualities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can. I bet you anything. My friend will probably try and build a Echo, an Echo suit. He's already built a Mandalorian costume, and he's working on a Boba Fett one right now. Ooh. Yeah. They so uh, the suit covers his head. Uh, the suit covers his head and face, and so he looks, he really does look like a droid. And the shopkeep that has uh, been giving Hunter grief this whole time about how he has nothing to offer uh, points at Echo and goes, except maybe him. I'll give you 2,000 credits. And Hunter pulls, Hunter pulls him to the side and goes, we really need this money. <laughs> Yeah, and Echo's not having it at first. He's like, all right, but I'm worth more than 2,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm worth more than 2,000 credits. Right, so Hunter goes back and says, 4,000. And he goes like, three. <laughs> all right, bidding on, your, on, your, on one of your buddies. <laughs> Man, it's a yeah. great bit. So It is. So that's happening, and at the same time, uh, Omega Omega gets lost from the pick, uh, and wanders off. And as she is wandering off, uh, and running around, she well, she's uh, got a stormtrooper doll in her hand too. Yeah, and it gets stolen by like a dog. What is an equivalent of a dog in a like. A what? They're called Vorpax. They're called Vorpax? Okay. So it was V O R R P A K S. Okay. So they look Vorpack. like if you tried to make a pug out of a pile of dough. <laughs> That's what you would get? Yeah, uh, like if you mixed a pug with Jabba the Hutt, that's what this kid, that's oh, what this thing looked like. Whoa, it was whoa, like, whoa. it was a hairless, it, it, like a wrinkle cat version of a pug, except it looked like it was inflated. Mm -hmm. And so, like, uh, so she follows these. Yeah, and she bumps into people and a, a couple of people and falls down. And who is there to help pick her up? But Fennec. Yep. The woman. I love that helmet, by the way. That helmet's super cool and uh and very reminiscent of my favorite helmet in all of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It is the uh the Death Star uh Gunners? The Death Star Gunner helmets. So mm -hmm. cool. You know what? Maybe cold is not what I had in mind for Fennec. Maybe stoic is more the term for her mm, that i but can she see because she doesn't really have that much emotion in her voice when she's talking to omega and you know and you would think oh well you know this person sounds a bit dodgy with the lack of emotion but i mean of course you know omega she's so new to the outside world she doesn't know i mean hey she's ever learned stranger danger and, and and statistically speaking, you're m way more likely to get uh, injured or traumatized by somebody you actually know. Um, but we're getting <laughs> sidetracked. Um, so the so I don't know if it described it, but um, 
Uh, Fennec approaches her with her helmet off. Yes. And it did. Uh, as well as um, you're not able to see any of her weaponry on her. Right. She's very in a, subtle. She's in a very long, nice, sleek cloak, mm-hmm. and yeah. which looks sick. But, right, right. Um, but she seems very dis, visibly very disarming. She doesn't seem she doesn't seem threatening unless you look closely. Hmm. Which I think that's probably that's actually an interesting thing. Because, um, you know, we don't see that kind of stuff in Mandalorian at all. You know, when we first see her, well, actually, we don't even see her. We see blasters. She comes out guns a-blazing. Oh, yeah. So. And even there, she's not She's not really cutthroat in the Mandalorian. She's trying to swindle a deal. She's trying to right, wheel well, and deal. Right. Well, she never got the chance to really be cutthroat. I don't think they gave her enough chances to be cutthroat in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see some cutthroat stuff in the series. She's certainly honor-bound, too. I mean, uh, Boba Fett saves her life, uh, and she is now going to hang out with him through all of the Book of Boba, which is cool, but like also uh, not someone that would... Uh, like. She definitely has... Uh, not just respect for Boba, but like on some level, there's like respect and honor about her. I think mm-hmm. she's. I'm excited to see what they do with her. I mean, in this show or in in upcoming Mandalorian shows? That's or do you a, think we're not going to get her anymore? Um, I know she's going to be in book. I thought she was going to be in Book of Boba. I, I think she will be. I know. I heard there's a lot of rumors about who's going to be in the Book of Boba Fett. That's fair. I mean, I just heard something about Ace Windu popping up. <laughs> Man, uh, there's a there's a fan movie that's on YouTube right now, and mm-hmm. uh, it's about how Mace Windu survived and Vader has to go fight him. It's huh. it's good, uh, and it, it shot really well for a you know a YouTube budget. Mm-hmm. A lot of YouTube movies are shot really well. I've seen a lot of different Star Wars fan films and Harry Potter fan films that look really cool. But, again, we're going to get sidetracked yeah. if we keep talking about this to, stuff. To the task at <laughs> hand, uh, yes. Fennec and, uh, starts walking Omega in the opposite direction of the Bad Batch, and Hunter starts tracking them. When Hunter finally catches up to them, Hunter acts like he knows her, but he doesn't. It was it was a weird line delivery. I didn't understand until the end of the the end of the episode that he didn't know her. He saw her, clocked her as a threat, and just said, "Omega, get away from, step away from the woman." Right. And, well, Tech is also scanning for the CCTVs to track Omega, which is why that which is why Hunter is able to find her so quickly. Oh. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember. Right. And don't forget the fruit um, that Omega uh, received from Finnick. Finnick does a little slide of hand. Snack. Yeah, yeah. slide of hand there. So, so reminds me of a, a bit of Aladdin. Sort of. Don't know why. 
It definitely has that vibe. She definitely has that diamond in the rough kind of feel to her. Yeah. Uh, and. Hmm. I, I'm trying to find the, the right words to say it, but like they Hunter and uh, Fennec square up and uh, Fennec is the first one to take shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do they tussle, and Hunter says, uh, "Run to Omega," and Omega mm-hmm. does, thankfully. And uh, they do have a really good fight. It's it's just the camera's really close, and so it's it's hard to tell what else is happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Hunter only has a knife there. Yeah, he and then he loses it pretty quickly. Yeah, well, he throws it into her shield. Right. She like kicked up a plate and and it caught the the vibroblade right in the right in the center of it. She pulls it out and tries to use it on him and mm-hmm. uh he's he is able to disarm her both of her gun and of his vibroblade and then she's like, "Oh yeah, I have a helmet." wham and just headbutts him and he's out yeah and she doesn't kill him that's very interesting that's i mean most most bounty hunters you know they would they would drop you right there they would not even blink yeah no no loose ends like any of Mm. any of the bounty hunters from clone wars just any of them bad babe especially (laughs) like or thing Mm-hmm. Um, should we mention Greedo? I don't know. Nah. Probably not. Nah. Not worth it. So they so like they um it it's another point of note that she just like dips. She go she goes after the girl because the girl is her priority. But again, she's not using lethal force to get the girl. She is using no. non lethal force against the bad batch. I mean she's she is trying to hurt them, but she's not outright i mean she's taking shots at hunter but like wrecker she just incapacitates right because she he's obstructing her goal true uh speaking of hunter and wrecker uh what is echo up to uh echo is uh echo is hanging out in a essentially in a closet somewhere with a bunch of other droids uh, waiting to be okay, told that he can droid. come out. And the, the protocol droid reminds me of 3PO. <laughs> Somewhat. She definitely does. Um, um, I'm trying to find her name. They, uh, while trying to scramble uh, the Bad Batch ship's uh, ident- uh, like ID tag, uh, they... They had to take a lot of the ship apart, and when, I, yeah, when, when Hunter comes out and uh, comes over the comms, the personal comm units, and says, hey, uh, somebody attacked me and Omega. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that droid's name is CG-67. CG-67? Yes, awesome. sir. Yeah. They... Uh, and 
text says I would need a whole I would need a whole team of astromech droids to put this thing back together in time to get off this rock. And, and what does Echo do? He pops up with a bunch of them. He's like, "All right, fellas, here we go." <laughs> Serendipitous. That's the force right there. One hundred percent the force. Roger, Roger. So. As Echo and his newly made astromech droid friends uh, and his acquaintance uh, protocol droid uh, start fixing the ship again, Hunter uh, Hunter sends Tech to um, watch this uh, watch the CCTVs and is directing Hunter and Wrecker to the direction of Omega so that they can get her and get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omega goes down into the sewers and is found by Wrecker, and they almost make it out. Um, and then Shan pops up. And Fennec shows up. Yeah. And she, like, one-two punches him easily. Right. Which... I almost forgot who it was that she was fighting because my uh, audio description said Hunter when it was supposed to be Wrecker. Luckily, I recognize uh, Wrecker's voice is different from Hunter's. Man, D. Bradley Baker. This yeah, this is this yeah, whole podcast he, he, is an appreciation towards D. Bradley uh, yeah. Baker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Insane. Insane. So he... Uh, so... Uh, Wrecker did buy Echo enough time to get ahead of Fennec climbing up a near a nearby ladder. Unfortunately, the ladder was not where she needed to go, and she ends up being at the top of a spire and uh, like the market district of this very bustling city at this point. And yeah, it kind of reminds me of Coruscant a bit. Yes. Uh, how, far, how far she was up was definitely very reminiscent of certain scenes on Coruscant. Yeah. And then they uh, and Hunter steals a ship, uh, steals a motorbike and is, flies to come save her. Uh, Fennec actually is the one to save her when she slips and when she slips and is about to fall and she <laughs> says the sentence you can thank me later to omega as she saves her um as she's beginning to save her uh then she sees fennec spots hunter coming um, at a million miles an hour straight towards yeah. them and yep. so she thinks fast and <laughs> looks down at omega and says uh, tuck and roll tuck and when roll. you land <laughs> And they land in the back of a space pickup truck and yeah. <laughs> uh, and Fennec in good bounty hunter fashion uh, gets into position, squares up and starts taking shots. And uh, knowing that Hunter would be hesitant to start shooting at the same level uh, at the same target that Omega is on. So, uh, they have a spaceship car battle thing, which is cool. Very well orchestrated. Um, they bring back the 
<laughs> the bomb that Hunter couldn't sell because uh, they, the guy said that uh, the shopkeeper said that it was worthless. He uses it against Finnick. Right. Which is hilarious. It is. And uh, honestly, uh, it wraps up pretty quickly. They, it does. They, uh, Hunter catches Omega and they fly back to the ship and they're like, let's get the heck out of here. Somebody's after us. No one asks any questions. They're like, nope, that's enough. That's enough uh, explanation for me. I'm off this rock. And they just ghost. And that's, I think that's the last we see of the Bad Batch. We do see Fennec come out of the smoking rubble like a badass. Right. And, <laughs> like it's the freaking Terminator. And, yeah. Or, uh, or Vader when he's coming through the um, smoke on the uh, Tantive before. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that scene, you know, most iconic scene right there, you know. Mm. So. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Perfection. So I, they, so we see, uh, we see Fennec exit the rubble, and we've seen her in other stuff. We, so we know that she's fine. Um, we see, uh, we see the Bad Batch leave, and then the next scene that we see is um, the guy that sold them out to her, the Soliston, mm-hmm. the Soliston, um groveling like uh, backpedaling it's dark it's it's uh it was like sunset it was near sunset when all of this went down with fennec initially and now it is definitely nighttime and fennec is walking slowly towards him and instead instead of killing him she puts credits in his hand and I think she said something, but I don't remember what. Let me see. Uh, he just said that uh, he'll. Um, she. I think Finnick asked him to contact uh, her if they came back. Right. So that's 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 another interesting. Uh, Thing with uh, Finnick. I mean, another. Oh, here. I'll just give you credits and I'll leave you be. I, you I said that I'd give you credits and I did. He did make a point. The Celestin did make a point as they were flying away. He was like, no, she hasn't paid me yet. And he did end up getting paid and still alive. Right. I mean, I know some body hunters would still hand you credits. And then shoot you right after they hand you credits. Um, but still, another interesting dynamic with Finnick. Um, so after that, she walks away, right? Right. And she takes her helmet off, and she's speaking into uh, her comm like to somebody. To somebody. Is we don't right. know who it is. And then... Um, roll credits. Uh, yeah, roll credits. So... Predictions. I think that we're going to get a much bigger, much more in-depth look at Fennec in the same way that we we might see her uh, help the Bad Batch, honestly. Really? 
she she went against the reason why she had a bounty on her head was because she went against the guild. Remember in mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, she mm-hmm. went she went AWOL, just like uh, Din Djarin. Din Djarin. Yeah. So, but we don't know why or how or when. Well, it must have been recently. I mean, this is taking place right here. You know, probably about. Mm, twenty-eight years before Mando. Right at the at the very. Uh, this is at the beginning of the Empire, and the Mandalorian is at the end of the Empire. So we have well, time for yeah. her to turn goody goody two shoes at some point. Right. <laughs> um. So all right, well, where do you think the Bad Batch is headed to? next probably another hour of the uh way planet if uh if they they go where they want to go uh they said they want to go to idaflor um which is a planet that i haven't heard mentioned um and i right uh so far the only thing on wikipedia about it is that it was mentioned in the bad batch so (laughs) uh (laughs) well we're all in for a surprise right well, I did catch, they do drop a couple of little um, 30 second trailers um, on like the third, fourth, and fifth episodes. And okay. I don't know when this pops up, but they're going to meet some uh, somebody that's going to offer them uh, work for money. Okay. Now, this may be on that planet. Then again, it may not be. But mm-hmm. I would have to say, I'm going to take a stab and say yes. Because if you're going to an out-of-the-way planet and you happen to run into somebody who's very, very rich, now that this person is rich, because I have no idea who this person is, some lady, um, you know, she'll pay you money, do, do her job, you know, do a job for her. She'll pay you money, and then who knows what will happen. But, um... Who's this mysterious uh, person that Finnick was talking to at the end? I I predict that that is actually the lab assistant, uh, Kaminoan. Oh, Nalase? That's what I think. I think she is trying to get uh, Omega back. Right. But if it was her, then why wouldn't we just hear her on the other end? I don't know. It might be. It might be bigger than that. I, I, hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, Tarkin is a possibility. If you have a prediction, uh, please go ahead and chat with us uh, on all of our social meds. Uh, we have a Facebook page at Special Unit Three Five Two. Our Instagram and Twitter are at Su Three Five Two Podcast. And uh, Patreon under uh, Mackenzie Oliver. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening app uh, because that will help us show up in the algorithms, which allows us to talk to the Bleep Borps, which allows us to get sponsored. Uh, We look forward to talking with all of you next week, and I'd love to see what happens to Omega next week. And as Grandmaster Peyton says... May the force be with you.